G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The Apostle Paul said, The law is good if a man uses it lawfully. In other words, if he uses it for the reason for what it was given. Now, the law was given, the Bible says, as a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Sadly, some people turn that the other way. They think that Christ is a schoolmaster to bring us to the law. And then they wonder why they struggle in their Christian life. It's important to understand covenants. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And welcome once again to Set Free with author and pastor Ken Legg. Phil is my name and we've been getting into this fairly meaty and easily misunderstood subject this week of the new covenant, that agreement that uh, God has made, not with us, but that the Father has made with the Son, that we are the beneficiaries of. Now, Ken, I want to get back to something that you said earlier in the week, and that was that even though we're in a new covenant with God, we're under a new agreement with God, many Christians are missing out because they're still trying to relate God with the old covenant thinking, that mentality. Can you just speak a bit more to that? Yeah, well, here's a, here's a classic example. Um, often we talk about coming into the presence of God. Now, that's not new covenant thinking, that's old covenant thinking. You know, there's only one man actually that could go into the presence of God, the Holy of Holies, and that only one day a year, yeah, and that yeah, was the Day yeah. of Atonement. But now, of course, the veil is rent, and so we are in the presence of God, and yet we still sing these songs about coming into his presence. And, and when we do something wrong, when we, when we slip up, when we sin, when we fail, we've got this mentality that somehow God withdraws his presence from us, and, and he's no longer with us, or we get sent to some dark corner. Or, you know, what's happened is that as an angel came down and stitched up the veil again that was rent <laughs> temporarily. Uh, no, the, you know, the, the, this is kind of old covenant thinking that we've carried over into the new covenant. Now, of course, we can grieve the Holy Spirit, but he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's with us until Jesus comes or we go to be with him. How do you reconcile that, though, with uh, the feeling that we might have that we are far from God or he is far from us because we are very experiential beings, you know, and, and if we don't feel that he's there, we often think that he's not there. Yeah, well, I think you've summed it up by using the word feeling. This is a feeling that's not based on fact, but it's a feeling that's probably based on wrong teaching or wrong understanding of the word of God somewhere down the line so that when we do wrong, we, we kind of feel that God has left us for a while to just, you know, suffer in silence. Maybe it's even carried over from um, our relationship with a, an authoritarian parent or teacher uh, where that kind of uh, thinking has come through. But it's not based upon Scripture. Mm. It's amazing how many of the ideas that, that have been carried over from the old covenant that, that should have no place really in the Christian's life today under the new covenant. That's true. And, uh, you know, that's why uh, when when we read in the book of Hebrews that uh, there's a new covenant coming, the writer to the Hebrews says it's based on better promises. It, it exceeds and uh, supersedes uh, the promises of the old covenant because it's all about what Jesus has done for us. Now, here's another uh, wonderful advantage that sadly many are slow to come into. 
the writer of the Hebrews says that in that day when the new covenant comes, no longer will they say, you know, one man to another, uh, know the Lord. I'll teach you to know the Lord. He says, everyone will know the Lord. Mm. In other words, there's no two-tier system like the priesthood where some are priests, they can go in to God on our behalf, but others have to stay outside and then wait for them to come out and tell us what God is saying to us. But um, we often we often think that, though, because we'll put the pastor or the minister or whoever up on a pedestal in our mind to say, you know, they're the... They're the representative of God, you know. They're the ones who get to go into the Holy of Holies and I'm just some pleb, you know, <laughs> off here in the corner. But what you're saying here and what the Bible is saying is that we are a, a you know a royal priesthood, that we are the ones who, who go to God directly because he's with us all the time. That's right. And, and that was one of the truths that was recovered in the Reformation. You remember Martin Luther and uh, mm. how he brought to the fore the priesthood of all believers. There's no one that's got any more right to go in be- before God or to, to, to relate to God. There's no go-betweens. There's no sort of them and us dichotomy. But, but you're right. I, I think that kind of image can be projected even from the pulpit. We can kind of give that impression that somehow those that are preaching and teaching and leading us, you know, are just a little bit closer to God than we are and they will interpret God's will for our lives. But that's not the case. Now, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Are you a sheep? I'm a sheep. We're all sheep. And so we've all got that wonderful privilege of hearing the voice of God. It is a bit of an aside, but I find it amusing how, you know, God has used sheep to describe (laughs) us because they're pretty stupid animals, really, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk a little more about hearing the voice of God, you know, on a practical level. Uh, People often talk about, you know, God, I heard God say this or God told me this or or that. Um, It's not not an audible voice that we hear, is it? No, it's not. And, and I think, um, you know, we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, uh, which is very personal. Now, um, Jesus said this when, when he was talking about knowing his voice. He says, not only will you hear his voice, but you'll know his voice. Mm-hmm. In other words, you'll know that it's his voice. Uh, it's the voice of the shepherd. So when we know the character of God, it's easy to discern his voice. Yeah. But if we don't know his character, we don't know his true nature, uh, if we've got a wrong understanding of God, then we'll be confused about his voice. Uh, you know, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. So his voice will be good because he's a good shepherd. Just because, for example, um, I may have heard an angry preacher, that doesn't mean to say that God is angry. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. We can kind of get confused by, oh, that, that, that preacher is angry, so therefore God is angry with me. Uh, no, that's not what God is like. God is, t- you know, the, Jesus is a good shepherd. And he leads his people gently and, and, and tenderly. In fact, you know, this imagery, as you know, uh, is very particular to the Middle East. When Jesus talked about the shepherd leading his sheep, in the West, of course, we drive the sheep. We use, you know, sheep dogs and uh, we scare them and uh, drive them in front of us. But in the Middle East, they, they lead them. The shepherd goes ahead and he's got this voice and, uh, um, you know, the sheep know the voice and they follow him. Now, I heard a story of a man that was so intrigued about this that when he went to the Middle East on holiday, he wanted to see this. He wanted to see a shepherd leading the sheep. So he went to this sort of agricultural town and he knew that uh, the whole herd of sheep were going to, uh, a flock of sheep, I should say, uh-huh. are going to come to town one day. And, and so he sat there and he waited and he waited. Then he heard this commotion. You know, here they were coming to town. 
But he was horrified because uh, the guy behind them, he was driving them, he was scaring them and uh, even picking some of them up by the hind legs and tossing them forward and, you know, just really uh, brutal with them. And the man was gobsmacked, you know, and, and, and one of the locals looked at him and said, you seem to be really um, in a state of surprise or shock. What, what's, what's the matter? He said, well, this is not how it's supposed to be. Uh, the shepherd is supposed to lead the sheep, not drive them like this man. And he said, well, he's, he's not the shepherd, he's the butcher. <laughs> I think sometimes we've heard butchers, <laughs> not shepherds, and, and we've misunderstood what God is like. But if you know the character of God, it's not difficult to, to hear his voice. It's an interesting analogy. You think about you know, sheep and them getting to the point of knowing the shepherd's voice and yep. knowing who the shepherd is and that that's the one I need to follow. If you or I go out into a flock of sheep and expect that they're going to follow us to the other end of the paddock, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. But the sheep get to that point because they've spent time with, they've become familiar with the shepherd to the point where there is that trust and wanting to follow. Yeah, I think that's a perfect explanation, Phil, of, of, of what we're saying here. Oh, thanks, my job here is done. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, getting back to this, though, I mean, the great truth of the new covenant is that everyone is meant to have this experience. We're not meant to go through a mediator, mm. uh, a human go-between, you know. Like somebody once came to me and said, what do you think is God's will for my life in this situation? And I said to them, well, why would God tell me his will for you? Why wouldn't he tell you? What'd they say? Well, I kind of think they kind of nodded their head and walked away and thought about it. And, but we, and, we often want somebody else to tell exactly, us because yeah. that's often the easy road. That's right. And, and how often when a prophet comes to town, you know, people flock because maybe <laughs> yeah. he's got a word for me. Yeah. <laughs> Are we so far from our shepherd that he can't speak to us? where we must leave it for today but join us tomorrow as we continue our look at the new covenant until then remember you don't have to carry that baggage god wants you to be set free for books dvds small group studies and other resources from ken Legg, including the book new covenant new glory which features topics from today's message visit the vision christian store at vision.org.au that's vision.org.au This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.